This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Hello, friends. This is Dara, and welcome to Dear Hallmark. Dear Hallmark is a space that I've crafted to just talk with y'all about our favorite made-for-TV romance movies and mystery movies and drama movies on our favorite home, I shouldn't say Hallmark, but our favorite made-for-TV movie channels, such as Hallmark, UpTV, GAC, and more. When it comes to Christmas, we like to add in our cousins over at Lifetime, but that's only on Christmas. We don't mess with them throughout the rest of the year. <laughs> well, I hope you guys are doing well. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to you. Cheers wherever you are, whatever you may be doing as you are listening to this. So I I know I've, I, I missed um, a review. And this episode is going to double up. So I'm going to talk with you about Campfire Christmas and Christmas at Toyland. Christmas in Toyland. I forget the preposition that's used. So let's start off with Campfire Christmas. Campfire Christmas stars Corbin Blue, Tori Anderson. I recognized Caitlin Stryker and there were some other people. It was more so an ensemble. However, Tori and Corbin were still your star couple in this movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, the gist is that Tori, I believe her character's name is Peyton. Her parents own this summer camp, sleepaway camp called Camp Evergreen. And every summer for a week in July, they celebrated Christmas with the campers. And it was a big to do. And so because her parents are now selling the camp, they are wanting to do one big last Christmas in July hurrah. And so they're inviting all of the camp alumni up. Um, and then she re so she reunites with all of her old camp friends. And that includes Corbin Blue's character, Thomas, her and Thomas had a falling out. And so we get to learn why they fell out and then they rekindle a relationship and then the movie's over. So this movie was a far cry, but like different than my grown up Christmas list. Um, it was nowhere near as dramatic. It was, it was fun. This movie was just plain old fun. And I really enjoyed Corbin Blue and Tori together. Um, I didn't realize before watching this that Tori was in love under the olive tree. Um, I watched that. I think I watched that. Yeah, I watched that the Saturday that Christmas in Toyland came on. Um, and she's really good. Like, I really like her. I hope we see more of her during this holiday season. Um, because Love Under the Olive Tree was really good. I, I really enjoyed that. Sidebar, Benjamin, what's his name? Walsworth, I believe his last name is. He's going to be in the Splash of Love movie that's coming on this Saturday with opposite Rhiannon Fish. So, no pun intended. No. Okay, I'm back. The big thing here, I heard it was split in terms of the Hallmark community. People either loved it or hated it. Like, there's really no in-between. But I feel like I am the exception to the rule and that I am a little bit in-between. Because I'm somewhat, like, 
I, I, I did enjoy my time watching this movie, but I was still missing some cozy feels. We got that a little bit when we saw Peyton in her bunk um, because they slept in the same bunks that they did when they were little, which I'm like, oh, they slept in fetal position the entire time. <laughs> they couldn't stretch their legs. <laughs> but um, the the way they decorated her bunk was super cozy, super, super cozy. But other than that, I didn't get much Christmas feels. But again, it was incredibly fun. I felt like each of the cast members had chemistry with one another. I believed that they were friends. Um, and I enjoyed my time at Camp Evergreen. I know that there was some, uh, what's the word I want to use? Contention in the terms of why people didn't care for it. You know, Beckett is gay. And so he had um, a, a gay love interest in the movie. And um, I'm trying to think what else. I know that that's probably the most forefront thing that people had a problem with, which um, at this point, it's like the Hallmark's been doing it. So what are you like, what are you going to do? You know, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I appreciated the movie. Like I said, it was fun. I don't want to get too technical because... Much like my grown-up Christmas list, you know it had plot holes after plot holes after plot holes after plot holes after plot holes. And I feel like if I plot holes something to death, then I I try to like suspend my belief in a movie. But I can understand you can only do that so much. Um, and I don't want to get too technical or critical because I'm not a film critic. I'm, I don't, I'm not a professional here. I'm just a, a woman who loves her Hallmark movies and are passionate about watching them. So... I don't want to get too technical here, but I appreciated that this movie, while it was progressive, not progressive, I shouldn't say that, contemporary, um, in the sense that you could feel that it was new, it still had some classic Hallmark-isms, as I called it in my YouTube video. Uh, they, in this one, it was like you could tell they were like injecting some old Hallmark because there was this moment when Peyton and Thomas were in the, I think it was the art cabin where they do all their art projects. And so Thomas was teaching everyone how to make something or other. I forget. And um, she called him over and they brushed hands and then they looked at each other. Like it was just, <laughs> it was incredibly like, this is the moment. Like it was so obvious. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't as natural, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was very much, this is a moment that's happening. Um, and then they had the eavesdropping misunderstanding conflict at the end where she eavesdropped on him having a conversation and, mis and didn't stay for the whole thing. She thought he was talking about one thing, but he was actually talking about another thing. And so she got mad at him and called everything off. And then, of course, uh, she found out what he was really talking about. And then she's like, oh, I like you again. So... <laughs> There's that. Um, ah, y'all. I gave this movie four crowns because it's solid. Like, it's solid. It's I laughed out loud a couple times. It's solid. But again, um, it just lacked the cheese for me. Um, even with the overt cheesy moments that I just described to you, I felt like it was... I guess it didn't fit the feel of the movie. I don't know. Because, the again, 
in the same vein though hear me because i felt like this movie better accomplished what it was trying to do than two tickets to paradise if that makes sense i felt like this is what two tickets to paradise was trying to do but just failed in my opinion so i appreciated it for that and it was a christmas movie i'm trying to think had this have come out during countdown to christmas I don't know if I would have liked it as much because Countdown to Christmas is our Super Bowl. Y'all know this. They have heavy hitter after heavy hitter after heavy hitter. So this may, I could see this like being sloshed in the middle. Um, And even after having seen Campfire Christmas and Christmas in Toyland, it makes my grown up Christmas look, look basic. Seriously. Seriously. It makes my grown up Christmas look basic look basic now mind you they still had all the feels but the more like again watching campfire christmas and then christmas in in toyland the plot holes become bigger and bigger and more noticeable to the sense where i can't suspend my disbelief anymore and it's like yo that that that's not good (laughs) that's not good i think it's still a far cry better than feeling butterflies but in comparison to the movies that we received for christmas in july yikes <laughs> yikes so you guys that's kind of where my heart belongs when it comes to campfire christmas we're going to take a micro break and then when i come back we're going to get into christmas in toyland so stay tuned look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, my friends. Let's talk about Christmas in Toyland, which stars Jesse Hutch and Vanessa Ledges. Wow. Christmas in Toyland is about Charlie she, Charlie Sawyer, who was a data analyst at the Big Teddy Toy Company. She is She works for the corporate office in New York City, and they have an emergency meeting, and they find the CEO tells them that she is planning to close stores um, because of the way profits have been looking in the brick and mortars. It's not really going. And so her, by her, I mean, Charlie's nemesis, David, who I believe is head of marketing, is trying to say that we need to move online. And she's like, no. Um, and so Charlie throws out there that um, this one store in New- in Jersey City is actually the outlier. They are overperforming in areas in every area and so the ceo's like all right bet then go down there see what's up see what's popping see why and then let's see how we can adapt those um like what they're doing to other stores and she's like i don't want to go but she's like Fuck. so she ends up going and then she meets grant played by jesse hutch who is the head of that store And she finds that, in essence, he's just really a big kid. He is able to, the way he's able to relate to people, the way he cares for people, the way he engages people, you can tell 
that he's after the essence of what Christmas is, which is do good, be good, feel good. Um, and y'all, I love this movie. <laughs> this is my favorite Christmas in July movie. This movie gets five crowns. I wouldn't have casted it any other way. I wouldn't have written it any other way. I wouldn't have directed it any other way. I wouldn't have acted any other way. This movie was perfect. This movie was amazing. This movie was stellar. This movie was great. This movie was fantastic. This movie was magnificent in every other adjective that you can put within our English language. To attribute to this film, it applies. Um, this movie was fan. It was splendiferous. Jesse Hutch played the mess out of this part, and whoever styled, um, Char, whoever styled Charlie Sawyer, needs to get an Oscar because her outfits were banging. I wanted all of those outfits. Do you hear me? Um, their chemistry was diabolical. It was through the roof to the moon up in mars i can't tell you enough how much i love this movie i can't tell you enough how perfect each of them were for their roles i felt like vanessa knew how to play guarded yet vulnerable yet flirtatious yet shy yet like oh gosh she was able to convey the complexity of the emotions of her character so effortlessly and jesse just he i felt like he was just having fun this entire time and it, it totally showed on screen and it was just perfect their chemistry again fantastic the feels how they decorated everything was just so cozy it this this movie is it y'all if you're looking for something fun with the feels and the chemistry for christmas this is it with the elf dust come on his niece was a sugar cookie are you kidding me I don't know what else you want me to say. This movie is great. If you haven't watched it yet, be sure to, please. I loved the assistant manager, Marta. Uh, Marta. Oh, she was amazing. His sister, his niece. And I love this thing of elf dust just to, you know, maintain the magic of Christmas and you make a wish. And uh, Oh, I should mention another storyline was that Charlie, even though she was a data analyst, she really wanted to be a toy designer. She had this book of sketches of toys that she wanted you know that she thought of and throughout the course of the movie grant's like let me look at your sketches she's like uh -uh. let me look at your sketches i don't know boss let me look at your sketches no and then there was that one moment where he had a present for her and uh he said you got to show me your sketches first. So she finally shows him her sketches. And this is the a moment where I'm talking of you can see the complex complexity of emotions through the way Vanessa's acting. You could tell it was like her opening her heart to him. And I know that, like for me as a writer, if I show you something in like a first draft, like a first draft, rough draft, like that's me show, like it's so vulnerable as someone who creates to show someone something that you do in its rough state. It's so vulnerable. And I felt that moment. That was a personal connection moment for me. Oh, man. Because you're unsure of yourself. And you could tell she was because she kept, she kept trying to overcompensate. Saying, oh, well, you know, that is just a sketch. And, I, you know, this is just what I was thinking. I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, yo, these are amazing. And I love the personal connection that she had with his grandfather. Like, you could just, oh, this this movie was brilliant. If I were to rank these Christmas in July movies, it would be 
my grown-up Christmas list third, Campfire Christmas second, this movie first. Like, in order, going backwards, like, they saved the best for last, in essence. They saved the best for last. And I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, this is This is bomb. This is just, I don't know what else to tell you. And I don't want to belabor the point because I feel like at this point, you just got to see the movie. So before Splash of Love comes on and kicks us out of our Christmas in July feels this Saturday, make make a date with yourself or your spouse or your kids or your nieces or nephews or your cousins or your dog or your fish or your turtle and get you some hot chocolate, a sugar cookie or three. Sit thyself down. And partake in the wondrousness that is this film. So you guys, um, yeah, like I said, this Saturday we're we're out of Christmas in July territory. And now we're getting into a little bit back. At, I guess it's just regular movie territory. Because we have Splash of Love starring Benjamin Walt. Is it Walt? Oh, I forget his last name. And Rhiannon Fish. He's in love under the olive tree too. Yikes, I forget his last name. The brother can get it. The brother I should wait. I think I said the wrong thing. Wait. Oh my gosh. The brother, he get like he he's gonna bring it. That's what I meant. The brother can bring it. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh, y'all. This is why I love talking to y'all because y'all know what I meant. I meant to say the brother can bring it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh great. The brother can bring it when it comes to the acting. Hear me when I say I meant the brother can bring it. Hear me when I say. Hear me when I say the brother can bring it. That's what I meant. Oh, my gosh. I really did. Be- oh, I'm so- now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Benjamin can do the daggone thing is what I'm trying to say. And Rhiannon, we know she's going to bring it. We like she she's a thoroughbred. Like I have no qualms, doubts or shadows that she's going to bring it when it comes to this movie. And then the following the next day on Sunday, we get 14 Love Letters, um, which stars Franco Lopresti. And I forget the young lady's name. I'm going to know her name at the time. I do the podcast for her. Okay. But we get two movies next weekend. So double for my trouble. And then we go into Fall Into Love in August. <sighs> Y'all, <laughs> I don't know why they're trying to fool us. Why are they trying to fool us? They know good and well there ain't going to be one fall movie to be had in this whole lineup. In fall, we're still six weeks out of fall. Maybe even ten. Maybe even ten. Because <laughs> fall starts the, or seven, I'll say seven. Because we have all of August and then maybe three weeks in September. So we have seven weeks until fall. And we're starting fall in August. Mm. Y'all, listen, my heart is still clear. But I, I, it looks questionable to me. That's all I'm saying. It just looks questionable. Um, I'm just like, don't get my emotions and hopes wrapped up. And you got all the fall feels in the, the way they did the title. And and all of that jazz, and there's not one. If there's not one leaf to be had in any of these movies, fam, you do not pass go to not collect two hundred dollars, okay? So fall into love is coming up, and we're getting eight movies in August, y'all. Eight, eight. So bear with your sister, because 
we also are getting Chesapeake Shores coming back. So not only are we getting eight movies, but I'm going to be recapping the last and final season of Chesapeake Shores. Oh, man. Parting is such sweet sorrow. It really is. Well, so that means August is I'm going to be a busy beaver. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to have eight movies as well as keeping up with our O'Brien family. So we're going to Wednesdays at the Shores is going to be back starting August 17th. I'm looking at my calendar here. August 17th because the season premieres August 14th. So we'll be back at the Shores. Um, and I'm excited about that. And be sure to join the Dear Hallmark Book Club. That's right. Dear Hallmark has a book club. And our first book that we're going to be diving into is The Irresistible Blueberry Bake Shop and Cafe. The books that we're going to be reading are going to be the books that inspired our favorite Hallmark movies. And so the first one we're going to tackle is the book that inspired The Irresistible Blueberry Farm movie, which stars Allison Sweeney and Mark Blucas. So be sure to get your book. Um, one of our book club members told us in the group that it's on Kindle right now for $1.99. So be sure to get that because our first book club meeting is going to be in the Facebook group on August 11th. So I'm going to put the link to the Facebook group. And then in the Facebook group, you can find um, the book club and join from there. And if you haven't already, be sure to follow Dear Homework on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the youtube channel because even though i didn't do a review here on the podcast for campfire christmas in time of when the movie came out i still put up one on youtube so you want to make sure that you're subscribed to the youtube channel because um if you don't find a review on here in a timely manner more than likely you'll find it on youtube (laughs) more likely than not it's going to be on youtube So be sure to subscribe there. And I also, guys, I wrote a novella titled Chasing Wind. Um, It is a a fictional story that kind of chronicles something, or I would say it sentimentalizes some things that I went through in college, coupled with the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, where Solomon deals with what is the meaning of life in terms of Solomon acquiring and amassing all of these riches and women and land and clothes and food and houses and like he legit has been the he is he was and still is the richest man to have ever lived but what what is it all for and that's something that Solomon explores through Ecclesiastes and that inspired my book Chasing Wind which is a repeated phrase in the book of Ecclesiastes it's all meaningless like chasing the wind and so There is a link in the show notes where you're able to purchase that. And if you have purchased it, make sure to leave a review. Let other people know if you liked it, if you didn't. I mean, I ain't going to hold you, you know. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening to Dear Hallmark. If you want to let me know your thoughts about Campfire Christmas, Christmas in July, um, Christmas in Toyland. What do you think about this quote unquote fall into love movie lineup that we have coming up in August? There is a way you can do that in the show notes. There is a link um, where you can leave me a voice message. It will take you to a page where you are able to leave me 60 seconds worth of your thoughts. And I could play it here on the podcast and respond to it. 
So be sure to do that. And if you haven't already, be sure to rate and review the podcast on both Apple and Spotify. You guys, I first want to acknowledge those who listen on Spotify and who have rated the podcast on Spotify. I just peeped it the other day. I was like, oh my goodness, thank you guys so much for your kind words and ratings. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you if you're one who's listening and you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review. Not only does it help me out, but it also pushes the podcast up up and through the algorithm to let other people know, hey, there's some other Hallmark content out there that you might want to consider and take a listen to. So again, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Jira Hallmark, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.